Hello and welcome to Business, Barbells and Babies. This is the podcast where we will go far beyond what they teach us in Cert 3 and 4. My name is Ro Hawley and I'm going to be sharing this time with you. We're going to be jumping into the real life shit, the struggles, the challenges, the real conversations that we need to have in order to not only navigate through the industry, but thrive and make a fucking killing. Let's have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode number 28. I want to open a gym, but where do I even start? Now, today's episode is, it's actually going to be pretty big, I feel. Um, And it's an episode that I've wanted to record for a while now. Um, But quite frankly, I have had to take myself back to that time and spend a little bit of reflection time like, you know, thinking about what happened, the different considerations, um, just recalling a bit of information so that I can deliver this to you. It's definitely not that I've like forgotten. Um, it will be forever ingrained in my in my heart, in my soul around that really difficult time of opening a gym. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that hope that happened when I was opening my gym. Um, I had a lot of like I had a lot of life things happening. I got married, um, I was pregnant, and I also opened a gym all within that same time period. So um, it was definitely a very challenging time, and there was a lot of things for me to remember. So I hope today that I can give you some insight um, about some initial considerations that I would suggest when you're looking to open a gym. Um, I also want to jump into a little bit in in regards to like initial costs. I get that question a lot. Um, And I hope to leave you with some some core information of where to spend your efforts, if that's a goal that you're wanting to build towards, whether it's a short or long term, Um, and just kind of share some perspective as we go through it. So yes, I hope you get some good stuff from today. Um, There is a lot to cover and let's just kind of jump in. So First up, when it comes to opening a gym um, and wanting to be in a position to, to go down that track, um, I do find that a lot of coaches, one of the first things that they'll do is go and look for property um, and they'll go, I've got a building, I know how much it costs, I know how much the cost of the building is compared to the rent that I pay at my commercial space and it seems pretty easy and, and manageable. Um, and a lot of the time they tend to fixate their efforts on, you know, getting the brick and mortar sorted and finding a location. Um, and alongside that, I also do find that coaches will tend to focus on things that things like um, authority and reach. So like their branding, their logo, the building, all of that kind of stuff that is the external that a lot of people see. Um, and that's a really important consideration, but I'm, I'm going to say right now that I don't think that's one of the first things to do. I think it's a good idea to have an idea about rent um, and what you're going to be looking at, but there's so many things prior to that that need so much more attention. So when I'm suggesting well, no, not suggesting when I'm having a conversation with someone and they're like, look, I really want to, you know, do what you've done and open a facility quite similar. Can you please help me? The answer that I go to over and over and over again is please let's have a conversation around your foundations, your front end systems and your back end systems. And let's like pick this shit apart. Let's run a fine tooth comb through all the systems and all the procedures that are currently running in your business and whatever is not done or whatever needs a whole heap of work, that's where we need to spend our efforts first, okay? So we have to remember that when we're opening a facility, 
uh, you know, obviously to have a business in a facility that stays open and, and thrives, we have to have a steady flow of business. And we have to have clients want to come to us, want to stay with us when they're actually with us initially. Um, and we want to be able to produce a repeatable service over and over again. So it's not just that, you know, we, we say we're opening a gym, we get our property, we pop it on socials, and then people flock to our gym. It's 110% not going to be like that. People will come to our gym for a number of different reasons, depending on obviously why they come and train with you. But the fact of the matter is, is that people want results. They, they want to know that what they are paying for, they are going to get from you as a coach and as a business. So taking it completely back to foundations and focusing on your core offerings, your core services, and be, being able to actually produce that over and over again is like... 101 shit that needs to be done before you even entertain building, logo, signage, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So let's kind of discuss the core foundations in which I think is really, really important to, to really nail down if you're in a commercial space or you're in a smaller facility, renting out, whatever it might be. Um, if these are not done, and then you go into another facility and you don't have front end and back end systems done, then for one, you're not going to be able to attract new clients and keep them. And for two, it's going to be a shit show when like from an organization point of view, when you're trying to get everything done, like payments, client forms, assessments, re-signs, tracking, all that kind of stuff. And there's another thing sometimes that coaches will say, like, it's just going to be easier when I've got my own space because like I can kind of make my own rules. I don't have to worry about like equipment. Um, I can bring other coaches on. I've got space to do whatever I want to do. And yes, those are 110% huge benefits to having your own facility. However, when you have got your own facility, you're now like your role increases. You're a coach, you're a business owner, you manage a building. So Yes, those are benefits, but you're going to have so many more things and so many more hats that you have to wear. So you can't afford to not be organized and not have your shit together with systems when you then go and whack on more investment, more money, more financial um, responsibilities. It's it, it's really going to go tits up if you don't have that shit together. So let's kind of have a, a bit of a discussion about like front end systems. So like I said, we need to know and we need to focus on having a service that people actually want to purchase and they want to come and engage in. So we want to know that our, we are a coach that is able to get the results that our clients are after and we can do it repeatedly. Um, we want to know that the like hard coaching skills that we've got are pretty rock solid. We want to know that you know, the extra resources that we've got going for our clients. We want to have all of these things documented, created, tried and tested so that when we do open a facility and we've got our products and services, people will come to us and we can get them result and they want to stay. You know, there's no point always having like there's no point necessarily being really, really great at sales and always being able to attract new clients and sign them on if you can't actually keep them. So it's important to remember that your service must be one that A, you can attract clients towards your business, but B, you can actually keep them because you're providing um, a value and a service that they actually enjoy, get results from, all that kind of stuff. So front-end systems, I like to think about it as like client-facing systems, okay? So I really, really encourage anyone that wants to open a facility to have all your front end systems 
documented, down pat, and then try and test them over and over again and make tweaks when things that aren't working, um, create new things if you need to. But all of these front-end systems are here to nurture your clients and get them the result of why they are with you. So I'm talking about things like onboarding. I think it's really important to have an onboarding system in place. So what that means, it can be right from the minute the that client contacts you. So whether it's through a website or a phone call, as soon as they get into your sphere of your business, every step of the way should be documented or at least thought about of how you're going to take them from a conversation to a sign to the first month of training to the first three months of training. Whatever time period you want to do, that's completely up to you. Whatever task you want to include in that onboarding um, system, obviously it's going to be specific to your clientele, but I really encourage everyone to have something in place that goes, okay, cool. Initial, initial conversation. Then after initial conversation, email gets sent. After email gets sent, client comes in, client comes in, I sign them on board, forms get sent out, blah, blah, blah. So everything should be methodical. It should be tried over and over again, because we want to make sure that the onboarding system is smooth, is nurturing, and it's making our clients really think and believe, wow, I'm so glad that I came to this business and I'm working with this coach because they clearly know what's going on. Now, the reason it's important to have an onboarding system is because when you're wanting to open a gym, obviously we know we need to have a steady flow of clients and be able to keep clients within our business. And if you're not nurturing them from the get-go, you simply sell and then let the ball drop, then they're gonna fucking go and they're not gonna get or they're not gonna get the results that they're after. So if we're opening a business, we need to have more clients and keep more clients. So therefore that nurture process has to be rock solid in order for them to stay. And because we want to, we're going to have more bills, we need to have more, we need to be able to take more clients on. And in order to take more clients on and then continue to serve not only the new ones, but also your current ones, we have to have that down pat. So onboarding is so, so, so important. Um, Also, other front end systems that I think are important is really understanding and having a clear definite of like what your packages look like and the details involved in those particular packages. So when I say packages, I mean, you know, you might have a 12-week training program that you offer to your clients, or you might have a week-to-week program. You might have a semi-private program that you offer or a one-on-one program, whatever programs, packages, however you want to refer to it. Um, I think it's important for us to know in your business what different tasks or resources are available to your clients and for your clients within that particular program. So for example, if you've got a 12-week training program, let's just say it's one-on-one, obviously you've got your onboarding system and that goes through, you know, emails, um, information that they need to know, um, it goes through delivering a program, all that kind of stuff. Throughout the like the 12-week program, it's also an idea to have, okay, at month one, we're doing a goals check-in again. Um, at month one, we're going to check in with measurements if that's appropriate. Month two, we're going to do the same. Month two, we're also going to step it up and do a month in review. Um, month two, we're going to have like a skills test. Whatever it is that's appropriate for your clients, I think it's important to at least have some markers of what your 12-week program looks like or what will be involved for that client throughout the time that they're training with you, okay? 
So as we get more clients come on board and as we continue to train them, it can be really easy to forget these things and have these client like experience type things fall off. And if you, again, if you want to keep your clients and increase the lifetime of your clients, you need to really, really nurture them. So the onboarding system is important for that first part. And then like your client parameters, your experience, your like experience markers as you're going through different programs, that's really, really important. Okay. So front end systems, you know, what do you need to do to get your clients in, to get them having the result that they want and to keep them on board in your business? Okay. Other front end systems that you could have, um, it could literally be things like, this is how a program is written. This is how a program is delivered. This is what the 60 minute session looks like. You want to have all of these front end systems really defined because if you're going from one person to a gym, the fact of the matter is, is that you're likely not going to be able to do it yourself. So you'll need to have other people on board that will help you. And if you're, you know, if you've got a business in which, well, you care about for one, you're going to want to know that whoever comes into your business can still deliver the same service in which you've like, you know, built your life around. So it's not one, it's not enough to just go, okay, cool. If you bring a staff member on and that person's now running your sessions, cool. This is how I want you to do it. Go ahead and do it. I think it's really important to document and, or discuss, have regular meetings um, with whoever is doing things in your business to make sure that obviously the, the service level is the same in which you have been providing or it changes and you guys get on board together. But you need to make sure that the, the service and the business as a whole is cohesive from staff member to staff member. It is, that was actually quite a big shock for me when I first started like expanding and getting a team. Um, because it's really easy like to manage yourself, even though, I mean, in brackets, like it's fucking hard to manage yourself. At the end of the day, it all comes back to you. So then when you're involving other people in your business, obviously you're dealing with like a whole other human being and you're not inside that person's head, even though you might think you might, might be. You just need to make sure that your instructions are clear because at the end of the day, whatever is not delivered, whatever is going on in your business, it will all come back to you, whether a staff is running or not. So you really want to have some front-end systems in place for deliverables around sessions, around programming, um, maybe around communication with clients, anything that you need to make sure the service level is um, continued at that high level or, or whatever it is that you have in your business and enough for whoever is doing those jobs to feel confident and empowered to be able to go and then do it themselves. So yeah, front-end systems really, really put your lens all on of client experience, okay? Um, because at the end of the day, the, our clients are our lifeline of our business. And if we're, if we're not taking care of our clients, we're not getting them the results, we're not nurturing them and, and really like having genuine connections with them, they're going to go and shop elsewhere. We know that the fitness industry, there is a lot of different services. Um, it's very flooded. It's very saturated. However, it's it's not super competitive in a lot of areas. Like there's a lot of shit products out there. So um, one way that you can really shine above is by obviously having a fucking A-class service, a five-star business so that clients want to stay with you. Okay. Um so yeah, think about client lens, think about client experience, think about deliverables to go ahead and deliver the same level of service that you have been doing as one, okay? 
Now, back-end systems, holy shit cakes. There's so much stuff back-end that needs to be done before we even open a gym. So like I said and, and just mentioned somewhat in that last kind of chat there, um, when you open a business, there's benefits, there's huge benefits because you get to dictate your environment. You don't have to worry about equipment. You know, you get to play your own music, have the vibe, have the energy that you want, right? But there are like, there are so many hats that you put on when you then own a gym. And because there's so many different things that are going on, you have to have the ability to like jump into one thing in one hour and then another hour you've got something else to do. It could go from like talking to a client to then dealing with a payment and then to like dealing with cleaning out the bathroom or whatever it might be. So back-end systems are really important to have in place because they kind of just like tick along. Because when you've got so many baskets like open in your life, right? So let's just say there's like 10 baskets and they're always half empty as a business owner. You're never going to have one basket as a business owner that you've got all of your attention on. When you do that, something fucking slips on one of those other baskets. So you have to enter your, like your mind frame has to be entered in a way that's like, okay, cool. I'm always going to be kind of flitting in and out of stuff. It's sometimes going to feel like I'm not 100% getting anything done, but you're getting so many things done done with like a little bit here and a little bit there. Now, because you've always got all this going on, you've got so many mental tabs going on in your head, It's it can be really, really tiring and it can be overwhelming and stressful. And you want to like, you want to do everything in your power to make things make things automated that you can and give yourself a fucking winning chance at dealing with all of these baskets that you have to deal with. So whatever you can systemize in the back end, I really suggest that you consider doing that and having clear parameters, clear guidelines, procedures, whatever on how to run these back end systems because you don't want to spend more mental energy on those things that are quite methodical because when you've got the gym, you're going to have more things come up that will require more mental energy from you. And that will specifically be more around clients. Um, and a lot around finances, because that's a big thing that, you know, you struggle with when you're running a business, especially when you're going to go from sole trader to, to running a gym and having so many more expenses. So backend systems are important, not only to make the business run smoothly, but also to like help with your mental clarity and to help with your overall stress and overwhelm and to be able to continue to show up as a business owner and a gym owner. So back-end systems, oh my golly, um, there's just so many that can be done um, and you have to really decide which ones you think are going to be appropriate. Now, first up, there needs to be some fucking systems and I, I genuinely don't think that this is a, a, a negotiable. This has to be like a not just a sometimes and every time type of thing. Your financial ins and outs have to be tracked and you have to consistently do it from week to week. And it, it can't not happen, okay? Now, tracking financial ins and outs is actually really easy. A lot of people get really caught up on going, oh my God, I don't know what to do here. Um, I don't know how to do it. What system do I use? And, you know, there's obviously so many different systems that you can do. You can use spreadsheets. You can do like a pre-established program like Xero or any of those ones. You can have a bookkeeper, an accountant, whatever it might be. Whatever you decide to do, it just has to happen regularly. Like you have to track everything that comes into the business, everything that goes out of the business, you know, 
and then start to break into different things like tax, GST, wages. You just have to have trackable measures in place for your financial ins and outs. Now, one thing that I would suggest you do if you're wanting to open a gym is go and see an accountant early, okay? Um, Just go, like, even if you don't know why the fuck you're going to an accountant, go to them, tell them what's going on, tell them what you're doing, and ask them, what do you think I should have in place, okay? When we opened the gym, that was one of the best things that we ever did, is I went to our accountant and said, look, this is what's happening, what do you, is there anything that you suggest we change? And that's when we got a company set up um, and then we got a trust set up. And honestly, I would have had no fucking idea to set up a trust, um, but that's like, that's what accountants are for. That's what they're paid to do. So go and see someone and don't think that you have to have all the answers because you won't, but at least go and get some advice around someone who actually does that for a living. Now, coming back to obviously tracking, you have to have some sort of tracking measures in place. Please make sure you pop everything in of what is going in and what is going out. Because if you don't know where your money is coming and going, it's just going to be an absolute fucking shit show when bills come in. Okay. So some sort of back-end system around money. Um, I definitely think there needs to be some back-end systems um, in terms of trackable measures with clients. So like I said in the first part, the client, our clients are the lifeline of our business and we need to understand their movements and their behaviors and what we can be doing to nurture them more um, and to keep them within our business. So if we don't have any trackable measures around certain parameters, how do we know what is truly working or not? And I've heard coaches go, well, you know, I've got a really like I've got such a good retention rate. My clients are like have been with me for years and often I find that they're like such a bias when they're answering that, answering that question. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me about your clients. Let's have a look at your clients. Let's write them down and let's look at the lifetime, how long they've been with you. And they've got a couple of clients that have been with them for years. And that's like skewing their perception of the whole lifetime of a client. So you might have had some clients with you for two to three years, but that's, that's not necessarily going to be the overarching theme of your whole client base. So trackable measures that I think are important to look at is – attendance okay so from a week to weekly basis um, attendance of who is coming to your sessions any cancellations any reschedules I think that's important and again when I ask clients if they've got sorry if I ask coaches if they've got trackable measures around attendance and cancellations the number one answer they usually give to me is is oh like I don't really have that many cancellations anyway and I'm like good I understand that that's fantastic but tell me what is happening with your cancellations and reschedules because you're asking to run a gym which is going to require more clients and you're on a pretty easy amount of clients right now that can be managed by one what about when you double your client base bring another coach on do you know how many people are canceling and rescheduling do you know how that's affecting your base your baseline income do you know how that's affecting you know, like your lifetime of a client. So I get it. Like it might not feel like it's important now because you know kind of there's a couple of cancellations here and there, but we're trying to build something now in order to scale. So get some trackable measures around attendance rates, cancellations, reschedules, um, get some trackable measures around um, like your retention rate. So if you've got packages that you sell over 12 weeks or eight weeks or whatever it might be, like have a look and see how many people are re-signing. Also have a look at the lifetime of your client, put all of your clients into a spreadsheet right when they start, like write the date that they started and actually write down what their lifetime is. 
Um, because like you want to get, you want to get some themes and some ideas around how, how long people stay with you. And when you do a task like that, you can get an idea. Oh, well, maybe there's a bit of a shortfall in my service that's happening around 12 months. And maybe I could have a look at implementing some more structure and some more resources for my clients for them to then get re-engaged, get re-motivated, set some more goals, whatever it might be. And that's going to extend their lifetime. So these things are to help you provide a better service for your clients for them to want to continue to come back longer and longer and longer. So trackable measure around attendance, cancellations, retention, lifetime, also getting some quantitative data around experience. So sending out obviously things like um, um, feedback forms, something online, you know, one that's anonymous, um, just asking them for some sort of quantitative data so that you can kind of get an idea about the feelings in which they get from your business, um, you know, why they come to you, all that kind of stuff. Um, other trackable measures from a backend system point of view that I think is really important is your fucking sales. Um, oh man, this is another one that coaches tend to not want to do is they won't necessarily put any trackable measures in place around how many people they're talking to on a weekly basis, um, how many phone calls they're having, how many times they're pitching their prices and how many people like what's their conversion rate. So again, um, I'll often hear coaches say, you know, I've got a really good rate. I sign most of the people um, that talk to me, but it's like, yeah, but how many people are you talking to on a weekly basis? How many times are you actually pitching your price and how many people are actually signing on with you? Now, we want to understand some information about that because, again, we want to 10x what's happening now into a bigger facility. So we need to have money coming in and we need to be able to generate regularly. So if we can understand some, some metrics around your sales and some metrics around your conversions and, and pitching, then that's going to be, like better put us in a position, no, put us in a better position in order to then replicate what's working, disregard what's not, and then maybe employ some new strategies as we go forward. So even if you hear yourself as a coach going, oh, that's fine, I most of it's most of it's converting, or most of my clients are coming to my sessions, or you know, I'm not having that many people cancel, I want you to like interrupt that thought, interrupt what you're saying and going, okay, fuck, that is the case now, but we are preparing for a bigger scale. We are preparing for a bigger kahuna. So let's go ahead and get some stuff in place. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Something just came to my head and then it dropped out. We also can't remember. Can't remember. So that kind of trackable measure. Okay. I hope that all, I hope that all made sense. Ah, yes, this is where I was going. So with that trackable measure stuff, so attendance, cancellations, retention, lifetime experience, we want to take that and we want to have another backend system that is around lead generation. Like you have to have some sort of stuff going on. You have to be tracking your leads. You have to be tracking, you know, times and dates that you had a conversation. How many touches did you have with a client? How many conversations did you have with a client before they actually engaged and wanted to have a movement analysis with you or get into a position where they're meeting with you? Because we want to go ahead and grow. We need to have more clients to satisfy our business and keep the money coming in. So what like lead generation strategies are actually working. 
What is the proven stuff that is going well in your business and what is not working? Because you've got so many things that will keep that will start um, happening and so many things to do when you have your facility. So you want to make sure that you're spending your efforts on the biggest bang for your buck. Okay, so proven lead generation strategies. And I think those three things, like those three big main things that I've been over are like things and places of where to start. So I'm just going to reiterate that now. So purely so I can come back to myself and make sure I'm not um, going off on a rant too much. So first thing that I talked about is front end systems. Let's put the lens on for your clients. Onboarding, client experience, trackable measures over a particular program, um, you know, the features and benefits of a product, um, front end systems, all, yeah, all of that client experience type stuff so that clients get the result that they're after, know what's coming for the actual service, want to stay, get the result and want to repeat it over and over again. Front-end systems, boom, 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 okay? Trackable measures, back-end systems, attendance, cancellations, leads, conversions, experience of a client, lifetime of a client, and then the third big thing is lead generation strategies. What is working? What is not working? Um, like how much time and energy does each generation strategy require? Get some data going on what you are doing so that when we do need to ramp it up and turn like a switch on to have leads coming into our business, we know what's working. We can turn on that switch and then more leads can come in. Okay? So... Those are big, big, big foundations um, that I think you just can't miss and don't fucking rush those. Don't don't just kind of like, you know, want to skip them and then go on to the fun stuff, you know, buying the equipment, pricing up, looking for a facility, looking at signage, all that kind of shit. Like, I get it. That's exciting. But hashtag boring matters in this case because this is the bread and butter. This is the the blocks of your business and your and your gym. Okay, so think about those particular things there. Now, um, let me just have a think. Let me have a look at my little list before I move on. No, that's cool. Okay. Now, what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to kind of open into the next part of what I wanted to hit, which is around like initial costs. Um, and just kind of give you some thoughts on like the first fucking year and before you actually open. So one of the biggest questions that people ask me is like, how much money do I need before I actually open? Um, and I say to them, look, you're going to need some fucking money. You're going to need to have a cash cushion. Um, but the answer is kind of like, how long is a piece of string? So I'm going to kind of take you through some of the costs that came up initially um, when I first opened the gym um, and just give you a bit of an idea of what needs to be considered okay so first like when we opened the gym um, we did have a back burner of money and like I knew that I would need to have some stuff that would come up, but I truly didn't understand the initial things that would need to be considered. So I'm just kind of, I'm going to kind of like read through a list of stuff that came up like before I had actually opened the gym um, and then stuff over the first kind of few months of what needs to be considered. So initial costs, initial setups that we paid for and that I suggest that you have a look to, to consider if this is what you need to do. Um, accounting fees. 
so that was a big one. I think that was like four to five grand. Um, and that was just to get an accountant to look over the current structure of the business, see what we need to do to best maximize our financial position. Um, and that was like me just going in and being like, oh, cool, this is my plans. And then they gave me recommendations and, and obviously like set up what needed to be set up. So we went from a sole trader. Then we had actually dabbled ourselves in opening a company and got a company ABN um, and fucking got it wrong. But whatever. Um, and so then when we went to the accountant, they were like, look, where you're wanting to go, it's probably best if we look at a trust. And so the accounting fees were all around, like associated with that, um, is getting all the new structure set up. Now, other fees that came up were lawyers fees. Um, and gosh, I actually can't remember exactly how much what this was, but it was definitely a couple of grand. Now the lawyer, the lawyer's fees was for contracts, so um, I wanted the lawyer to check over all the contracts that were for clients. So terms and conditions, waiver and release, policy procedure, um, like personal information. So, you know, I had done a number of different mentoring programs. So I had been in two 12-month mentoring programs before I'd opened my own gym. And quite frankly, that was a lot of fucking money that was invested myself to just, you know, learn how to run a really good business within a commercial space and then I also, like I had lots of templates of what to do for terms and conditions and waiver and release and all that kind of stuff. And I could have really replicated it, but I just wanted to make sure I had my things covered. And so I chose to do that, but you don't necessarily have to go and get like your lawyer to do your contracts. Like there are ones that you can probably look up. Um, but honestly, like I was like, this is, this is too important. Like if something were to happen, it comes back to me now. It doesn't come back to a commercial gym. I'm not just a contractor. So I thought it was a very worthwhile investment to go and get a lawyer to check over all my forms. Um, lawyer also had a look at contracts in terms of staff. Um, and also accounting, uh, the accountant had a look at the staff kind of like makeup. So I guess the fees associated with lawyer and accounting fees, oh, that was like a good like seven to eight K. And what I had to go through was like, what kind of makeup do I want to have for people to work for me? So obviously when you're in a commercial space, you're a contractor, you pay rent to a, a space and you go and do your own thing. I actually didn't want to have a business like that. I really wanted to have a business where I employed people and they got all the benefits of superannuation, tax, holiday, sick pay, um, you know, leave, whatever leave that they needed. So I needed to make sure I knew what that entails. Um, caveat, it fucking entails a lot. It's a very expensive model to run. But I knew that I wanted to have this model because this industry is not necessarily one that always nurtures people that work in it. You know, you're working from hour to hour. You can't really take holidays without getting paid. And I didn't want to have a business like that. So I knew that I wanted to have that makeup, but I didn't really know what it involved. So lawyers, um, lawyer fees were around writing up contracts for salaries. Um, accounting fees was figuring out, you know, super tax, setting up all those clearing accounts and all that kind of shit. So that's why those fees were that much. Um, other fees that came up originally when we opened the gym was council fees, permit fees. Um, and fucking hell, I actually didn't realize like what I would potentially be paying for this. Um, now we were in a zone, like basically you have to get zoned, right? Wherever you are, um, we we're in an industrial area. So we had no issues with being able to open a gym in that particular zone. Um, but because there hadn't been a gym there, we had to go ahead and like put in reports, 
about like parking and stuff like that. Um, and what had to happen is they had to come to our facility or come to the, the building. It wasn't even a gym and do like basically someone sat outside the facility and had to like count cars and look at traffic reports. And that cost like, that actually fucking cost like, I think it was between like four to five K. Um, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I had no idea that that would even be considered. So council fees, permit fees um, were a big thing. And um, I'm going to say anyway, I didn't even have that permit fully done before we opened, um, which was typically a big no-no, but we were already fucking in and I had like, I'd weighed up the risks and I'd done a bit of research. I had a really good indication that I do, I did believe my council permits would be approved. So I kind of pulled, I pulled the trigger anyway. Um, that could have bit me in the ass, but lucky it didn't. Hey, um, so yeah, council and permit fees. There was a shit ton that went into that, um, and we didn't get council and permit fees approved for like a good couple of months before we had opened. So, the lawyer, the accountant, the council staff, that all cost a fuck ton um, within like the first immediate time of operating. Um, there was also a huge amount of money that got done for um, signage and a turf. So equipment we had put on an operating lease um, and that was an ad- that was advice given to us. <coughs> Excuse me. That was advice given to us from the accountant is to not necessarily pay outright, um, but to go ahead and put it on operating lease because of depreciation. Um, and so we did that. So basically we had a finance lease that we got through the gym, uh, sorry, through the people that gave us the equipment. Um, and we paid a monthly amount, which was about $900 a month in order to have, it was like $30,000 of initial equipment. Um, and it just kind of ticked over and you paid it off as per normal. So that was that, but I also wanted extra things, um, that was not covered by, that operating lease because that was through one particular company who supplied the equipment. So I wanted to have signage, like I wanted to have my logo up on the wall. I wanted to have a turf and I didn't get it from the supplier because I wanted a specific color. If y'all have seen my turf, it's the most beautiful turf that ever lived in Australia, but it it cost me Um, (laughs) $3,000. The reason it cost so much is there was only one person that was in Canberra um, that was able to supply that color and I had to fly him here and I had to pay for his flights and I had to pay for his bills and everything for him to come here, install it and bring the material. So it cost me a shit ton, lot of money. Turf doesn't usually cost that much, but it was such a pivotal piece that I wanted within my facility. So I was, I was not happy to pay it, but I saw it as a necessity. Um, so yeah, turf was a lot like extra little things to fit out the gym so 3000 there, then we got a big logo, like a big vinyl decal up on the wall. That was like, oh, I don't know, I think it was like a grand because we had to hire a cherry picker and then the guy had to cut it up. Um, then there was signage on the door, signage around the gym. Like there was just all those things that weren't covered in the actual equipment lease and the operating lease. So there was more money there. Um, so we had actually had like a cash cushion I think it was about $25,000 that was there in pure cash. And then we had our operating lease, which was like 30, 30 K of the initial equipment that we bought. So I'm glad we had that. Um, And I kind of was just like, when I was thinking about how much money I wanted, it was just kind of like, how much can you save? And we landed on 25. It wasn't that I was like, okay, I'm going to price this up. Um, and this is what it is. Like, I would definitely do that now if you're in that position is going price up all these things that you want to have in your facility, get an idea about counsel, accounting, lawyer, 
um, signage, all that kind of stuff, write it up in a spreadsheet and be like, okay, this is the minimum that I need. Um, the other expenses that blew it for us in the first like definitely six months to 12 months with staff wages. So when I opened, there was me and three other staff, one full-time, two part-time. And I actually didn't realize how much wages would eat in. And when I was working in the commercial gym, so it was me and the other full-time coach. And that was fine because we had really low expenses. It was like two rent, two commercial gym rents. That was like 600 bucks. But when we went into our own facility, it's going rent, it's going utilities, it's going cleaning products, you know, licensing of music, all of this kind of stuff. And the wages like was such a bigger expense that we didn't have as much money coming in that we're able to offset the expenses that we have within the gym. So it's not that obviously you have to have staff when you open, but the fact of the matter is, is that I wouldn't have been able to operate that much coaching. Um, no way would we have been able to do that as two people. So we needed to have people to actually service our clients. And in doing that, it created a pretty big you know, big bill in terms of wages. Um, and a lot of that 25, like at least uh, I would probably say after doing the deductions is like half, like half of that money was needed to then pay for wages over coming months because money that was coming in was not enough to then pay for the wages on top of what money was coming in. So that was like a hard lesson. Um, and I just think, thank myself and, and go, fuck, you covered yourself well there by having that cash cushion. So yeah, um, there was yeah a lot of a lot of bills that came through, and the first year um, was fucking difficult. Like we had our own facility, the expenses in terms of rent were fine, like that that's fine to cover. Um, but expenses in terms of wages, um, you know, client care, extra resources that they might need, um, utilities like it was just like holy shit like this is kind of 10xed now and um yeah the first year was really difficult for me and my husband um but you know we got through it like it wasn't it wasn't like we we're on our ass um we definitely had to sacrifice a lot of stuff for our own person in our own personal life in order to continue to pay the bills um and keep everyone you know everyone happy um we didn't like we didn't go out for meals we couldn't afford it um, gosh, like we scrimped on fucking a lot of stuff. Um, that was actually one of the times when my husband decided to look at going vegetarian for, for us to even save money. Like no shit. It was like that. Like, where can we save money? Okay. Your meat bill. How much are you spending on meat? Let's have a look and see what we can cut down there. All right. We can't go out for a meal anymore. We can't have grilled once a week. We can't afford to spend that $50 all right, fuck, we can't afford to have an extra pair of shoes right now. We're going to have to get these ready ones and wear them for a little bit longer. And quite frankly, like I have forgotten about a lot of that stuff. Um, and I forget about a lot of the sacrifices that we made um, because it was just like you do what you do. Um, and we also had a kid, like that was fucked up. We, we, yeah, yeah, what the fuck? So basically we opened the gym March 2017 we had got married November 2016. We got married March 2017. We'd opened the gym, so I was pregnant when I was married. I was pregnant when I was opening the gym, and then Lexi was born the end of June 2017. So, throughout that six month period, it was a big learning curve, 
And that's a point to note, actually. Like, I said that wages were a really big expense at the start. And quite frankly, if I did not have staff, that first, like, that many staff on the first year of operating, because I had a new baby, like, I would not have been able to service all of those sessions myself. So it was a necessary bill for us at the stage. And if you're wanting to open your own gym you know, and you can coach a lot, then that's obviously something that you can, that's obviously something that you can take from an expense point of view. However, you do have to weigh up, oh man, where is my mental state right now? Can I actually do all of these things? So in hindsight, that was like a lot of staff were there to st- at the start, but it was necessary because I had, was fucking really pregnant and had a new baby. So a lot of stuff happened in that first time of opening a gym and, and opening and running that first year of operation. Um, So yeah, yeah. So with the bills for the first kind of opening, um, didn't realize how much it costs to have toilet paper, cleaning products. Um, Yeah, what else? My golly. Just all these small things add up. And it might only be $30 here or, you know, $20 here from a week-to-week basis. But before you know it, you're fucking pushing on some a couple of hundred bucks and you're like, oh my God, like it's not a huge amount of clients that are coming through originally. And, and it does add up and it does, it does put you in that position. So I think it's important from all that kind of ramble on that last part is to have some fucking cash cushion, go ahead and put your anticipated expenses of price up in a spreadsheet, get an idea so that you can be saving. Okay, guess what? You might not use all the money, but you probably will. But at least you have got stuff there for things that will come up. Um, Yeah, I think I think that probably covers it on that point of view. So what I really just want to make sure and kind of bring it all together in one is when you're wanting to open a gym, where the hell do I start? One foundation stuff, front end systems, get your products going well, get your services down pat get really fucking good at coaching, know that you can get a result and get it over and over and over again. Okay, front end systems. Uh, Number two, back end systems. Payments, client forms, um, uh, trackable measures, attendance, cancellations, conversions, programming, how to run a session, all that kind of stuff. Make it easy for someone else to help you if you needed to bring someone into the business. Okay, Number three, lead generation. Know your shit. Like try different strategies now in order to get leads because you want to know that if you've got a tap to turn on, you need to get more leads. You know things that are going to work. Um, and number four, having a look at those initial expenses that will definitely come through. However however long that piece of string is, it will be varied from, from facility to facility and obviously business to business. But have a cash cushion there, give yourself a fucking finding chance and do a spreadsheet up of prices that you can perceive. Go ahead and do some research. Look at the signage that you might want and, and price that up. Look at the extra resources that you might want, um, the different, you know, the signage and the nice little detail in your business. Look at pricing up equipment. Look at pricing up accounting, lawyer fees. Reach out and just ask them. And I've said that to people before. I'm like, you know what? Make yourself known to an accountant and to a lawyer. If you don't know someone, get someone that you do know that's got connections to introduce you. 
you know, and it might feel kind of awkward and be like, I don't have anything that I need to be serviced right now. I don't need your, I don't need you to write anything for me right now, lawyer, or I don't have any accounting things to do. But establish these networks, establish these relationships now and even ask them like, just go, hey, this is where I'm going. Is there anything that you can suggest? Because, you know, they're still wanting to get business as well. And if they can help you now, you're going to sure as shit want to go and get services from them. So don't feel shame. Don't feel embarrassment by asking. Like if they don't want to do it, they'll say no anyway. And that's kind of actually a point that I'm just going to leave you on. Like as a business owner, you're going to feel fucking embarrassed to ask for things. You're going to think you don't know anything and you're not going to want to reach out, but you do not have the luxury to stay on your own head. You don't have the luxury to be like, I don't know that and sit on it. You have to get out of your head and ask because there is shit that you don't know. There is like, you are not expected to know everything around accounting and around finances. You're not expected to know everything about legalities. That's not your job. Your job is a business owner, a coach, and, and running these two things together and having a really good service and one that can be repeated in order to then create a business that is growing on good quality coaching. That's where your efforts should lie. And that's where you know, that, that's where we enter the industry. So don't think that you have to know it all. Um, reach out and ask people. And if you have any more questions about where you might want to go from this, um, and if you need to have some networks introduced, my golly, I've got so many different networks now, um, which is a lesson that I learned that you have to just really, really reach out. So I hope that helped. Um, I hope some of the rambles kind of brought it back and it gave you some some information to start with. Um, and some information to consider. Um, and yeah, you know, if you do have any further questions around around opening a gym, um, then holler at your girl and I will definitely, you know, connect with you and answer whatever I can. Well, that is me for today. Um, and I hope, you know, you got some good shit and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you got some good stuff out of this episode and you're ready to take the learnings and apply it to your own business. If you want to get in contact with me, send me a message through Instagram or send me an email, H on Instagram or rasheen at barbellbabesbrigade.com.au. Speak with you soon. Okay, bye.